0: You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Plenty to get to. We look back at BYU's 27-17 victory over Arizona State. After re-watching the film, we call it our film reviews. We do it every single Monday during the season. We'll talk about what I took away after re-watching the tape. We'll also talk about what happened over the weekend for other BYU teams. A disappointing result against an in-state rival, while a crosstown rival falls in straight sets. We'll touch on all of that ahead on today's podcast. A reminder for you guys to make sure to check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is your host covering everything going on in BYU's soon-to-be home in terms of their conference home. If you want to check that out, you can download it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, so let's get rolling here on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 20th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. As the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning, but a big thank you once again for joining us here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A quick reminder: if you're just checking us out potentially for the first time, make sure you join us every single day. Our overarching goal, my overarching goal with this podcast, is to make you the smartest BYU fan in the room. So that way, when you're talking with your family and friends who are fellow Cougar fans, you've got that secret that they are wondering, wow, how does this guy know so much? Well, we're that podcast, but hopefully you also share the podcast with your family and friends. Tell them about it and tell them to join us every single day, Monday through Friday. And during the season, it's more like six or seven days a week, but nonetheless, a big thank you for your support of the podcast as always. Now, let's start off with the update in terms of the national rankings for BYU. Coming off their second straight top 25 win. The first time, by the way, in consecutive weeks that BYU has beaten top 25 ranked opponents. Some history made Saturday night with that 27-17 to 17 victory over Arizona State. BYU vaulted up in the national polls. The coaches poll BYU went up 7 spots to number 16, checking in just behind number 15 Wisconsin, but actually vaulting Coastal Carolina. Many of you recall Coastal Carolina last year wrecking up potential perfect season for BYU. And then in the AP poll, which I actually have more stock in myself if I'm picking one of these polls, I would actually put more stock in the AP poll. The national voters in that poll vaulting BYU eight places from their 23rd spot to number 15. So we're talking about a top 15 ranked BYU team who is now turning their attention to USF, a big time showdown, and obviously some star power loss because USF is not that good this year as they come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday night. But huge, huge implications for BYU. They're ranked 15th, and at this point, folks, it sure looks like there's an opportunity for BYU just to climb in the national rankings and really become a top-10 caliber team by the time maybe they're facing Baylor a few games from now. There is nothing stopping from BYU. There's nothing stopping BYU from being a top shelf program this season once again. It's an absolutely incredible story that we're seeing play out early on this season. And barring something completely unforeseen, a catastrophic injury to Jaron Hall, I don't know something completely out of left field would really have to derail this team right now. And there's a reason to think that BYU will get derailed at this point. USF, okay, you should win that game. Utah State's a lot more interesting considering the Aggies have shown a lot of gumption. They're off to a 3-0 start in their own right. Absolutely stunning there. You have to go to Logan. So that's an interesting game. Obviously, the in-state emotion, all that stuff, but we'll see how they handle that game. And then Boise State comes to Provo. So your next three games, there is some intrigue in all three of them, but there's no reason to think that BYU can't be 6-0 and heading to Baylor for the next time they face off against a Power 5 opponent. So huge huge opportunity for BYU here folks. And I couldn't be more excited to be along for the ride covering it with you guys, talking all things BYU. Now let's get to the good stuff here and talk about what I took away from my film review after re-watching that 27-17 victory for the BYU Cougars over Arizona State. Many of you will know if you're a long-time listener, what I do is I usually do a postcast edition late Saturday night. In this case, I think it was around like 3.30 or 4 a.m. when I finally posted at Mountain Time on Sunday morning, but then I would get a few hours of sleep get up, watch the game a second time, and then I sit down and record another podcast. I'm a drone this time of year, let's be honest, folks. Obviously, church and all those other things are mixed in between, but I get this episode because it's technically the Monday episode, but I'm posting this on Sunday for you guys, so that's why it may, why it may seem a little weird that you're listening to this maybe on September 19th, but I'm talking about September 20th. Just Just go with me on it. So, let's start off with our film review. I break these into quarters, kind of when I rewatch the film. I kind of write them down quarter by quarter. So, let's start off. The play to open the game. Obviously, BYU kicks the ball off. Talmadge Gunther comes down and puts his helmet on the ball of the kick returner for Arizona State, who's actually the backup kick returner, DJ Taylor. Their normal punt returner and kick returner was out for this game. Talmadge Gunther comes down, makes a fantastic form tackle forces the fumble Hayden Livingston falls on it and suddenly BYU is in business to kick off the game essentially and some of you pointed this out to me on social media last night how incredible was it that BYU essentially stole a possession from Arizona State they absolutely did because BYU obviously was going to get the ball to start the second half and for you to force a turnover on the opening kickoff you stole a possession and credit to BYU they punched it in after that fumble get the 7-0 lead now other things that took away from the first quarter BYU struggled to get adjusted to what Arizona State was doing. And Arizona State, to their credit, they were a better team than Utah, especially on the offensive and defensive fronts, I thought. They made BYU work for everything they got. I felt like BYU kind of bullied Utah the week previous. Arizona State was not about that action. They made BYU work for it, especially along their offensive front. A lot of pulling from the centers, the guards, the tackles, even guys like Case Hatch, their fullback and their their tight ends were coming cross-face and blocking. BYU's defensive line really got hammered early on in this game. And credit to them, they just hung in there. They kept fighting, they kept clawing, they kept sticking with it. One thing I noticed early in this game, any of you recall that first deep pass from from Jaden Daniels to Johnson, his wide receiver... That was a six-man blitz the BYU brought early on in this game, and they got burned on it. And I really think Elisa Tuiaki and the BYU coaching staff from that point forward, we were watching the film, they very rarely brought more than a five-man blitz after that. I think they learned their lesson. And funny enough, with how undisciplined Arizona State was, all you really needed to do was to sit back and let them do something stupid. So, <laughs> I know the drop bait drives people nuts. The three-man rush absolutely makes people go bonkers. It was very evident on my timeline last night on Twitter, but it worked. So you got to give credit where credit is due. BYU won this game, folks. It's all that matters. And they held Arizona State to 17 points. They allowed Arizona State to just self-implode and screw themselves over. And that was really, really cool to see. Other things we saw in that first quarter. Uh, Chaz Ayu, he uh, obviously felt like he forced a fumble on that catch by Ricky Pearsall. I actually think it was more of an interception almost. because That ball never, according to what I saw, touched the ground. And I'm surprised they did not review it. Obviously, we're going to talk about Tyler Algier's incredible punch out and the fact that that wasn't reviewed because Merlin Robinson may have stepped out of bounds. You'll take it because that was a game-saving play by Tyler Algier. You'll make the tradeoff for use non-fumble slash interception, whatever you want to term it, in that first quarter. And the final thing I took away from the first quarter was the Arizona State, their defensive front looked more like Utah's defensive front and what you expected from the Utes, whereas Arizona State, you would have thought, okay, they'd be more like Utah. I don't get what's going on with the Utes, folks. There's something wrong in Salt Lake City. I don't know what it is. But Kyle Whittingham has got his work cut out for him. They're off to a 1-2 and two start. He has never lost two non-conference games. Uh, no, 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 They've never lost two non-conference games in their Pac-12 history, speaking of Utah. And suddenly, they're sitting below 500. So, really, really weird things afoot up there on the hill. But nonetheless, if you're BYU, you say, we got the win. We snapped the streak. We beat Arizona State. We're sitting pretty. We're ranked top 15. Living the good life. You're living in the penthouse if you're BYU right now, whereas Utah very much in the doghouse. All right, second quarter, a couple of things I took away from this is Peyton Wilgar, folks. He is underappreciated no matter how good he is, I feel like, for BYU. He's very good, actually, at uh, taking on opposing blocks. There was one play in particular early on in the second quarter where an offensive tackle came pulling around. Peyton Wilgar, he had him squared up. Peyton Wilgar essentially olays this offensive tackle, just kind of sidesteps him and makes the tackle for only a one-yard game. Very, very impressive. And that's what Peyton Wilgar's game is, folks, is his just ability to be able to sidestep oncoming guys, to make plays when they're needed. He has the, an uncanny ability, by the way, when he's pa- rushing the passer to get his hands up and deflect passes. We saw that twice against the University of Utah two weeks ago. Very, very good. And then Wilgar absolutely puts a hurt on on Hodges, the tight end for Arizona State. That ball pops out, and Max Thule, folks, for him to track down that ball in the air and secure it for the interception was an absolutely marvelous play, but it does not happen without Peyton Wilgar sticking his shoulder pads in his helmet right in the ribs of Hodges, the tight end. That had to hurt Hodges, and he kept playing, obviously, but what a hit by Wilgar to jar that ball loose, pop it up in the air, just enough for Max Tooley to secure that interception. Other things I took away from of the second quarter. BYU's offense had their best offensive outing just in terms of overall play calling, production, in The second quarter, I felt like last night. The tight end screen to Dallin Holker was an absolute beauty. Blake Freeland came free on that and absolutely crushed the safety who was trying to cover Holker on that play and it got him that 31 yard gain. Uh, the uh, guys calling the game was it uh, Rod Gilmore? I think it, was, it wasn't was Dave Pash. I don't know who was calling the game. I apologize. I forget the name at the moment. But they were marveling at Blake Freeland. And if you know who Blake Freeland is, that kid is an absolute athlete. And the ability to get out there should not surprise anybody at all absolutely incredible block by him and the play calling here in the second quarter a lot of razzle dazzle, just a lot of magic from Aaron Roderick Uh, Jaron Hall started to really attack the middle of the field, passes across the middle, it's something he hasn't necessarily done early on this season, Been a lot of stuff to the outside using uh, plays out to the hashes, to the sidelines, well he's starting to attack the middle and that indicates to me that Jaron Hall is starting to really fully grasp this offense, he's taking full control of it and he's becoming the quarterback that BYU fans can expect will carry on the rich legacy of BYU quarterbacks. He's starting to get really comfortable there. Another thing I really liked was that double reverse flea flicker. What a play. What a time to call it if you're Aaron Roderick. And then following that up, the misdirection play to get uh, Isaac Rex his touchdown, just a thing of beauty. I thought it was a broken play. I, I was going with the TV announcer saying that the, the running back goes the wrong way. No, it was completely designed that way. Isaac Rex faints like he's blocking, comes shallow across the field, and then breaks upfield, and nobody covers him. And Jaron Hall always got to step up and just loft it to him, and it's a touchdown absolutely magician-like play calling from Aaron Roderick in that second quarter. Really, really fun to see from BYU. And then one other thing is Puka Nakua, his near TD that he had down there in the corner of the end zone, you got to give credit to Chase Lucas. I think he was the cornerback covering on that play. Chase Lucas made an absolutely stellar effort to rake that ball loose until they hit the ground when it was out of bounds and incomplete. Really, really good for him. And Obviously, Pukunakua or Rue not being able to uh, secure that ball because he had his foot down. Had he been able to secure that ball, that would have been a touchdown easily. Uh, Final thing is is to see that Jet sweeps and the tight ends are back in BYU's offense. You've been waiting on them, folks. We've been talking about it and that you got them last night. Really, really cool to see. So second quarter I thought was probably the best quarter overall of the game for me. We'll talk about the fourth quarter here in a moment. Uh, one final note on the second quarter is that Tyler Johnson, when he got that non-targeting call, he came free on that stunt and he put his the crown of his helmet, like the, the epitome of what I felt like targeting is he put the crown of his helmet right there on Jaron Hall. Was a miscommunication. Connor Pay completely whiffed on a block, did not see that twist coming, and it allowed him to get a free shot, speaking of Johnson on Hall. Very dangerous play, and I am stunned that they did not look at that. And, by the way, it actually, I think, it had BYU so flustered, they were trying to get things figured out, they actually wasted 27 seconds. And I think that might have led to Jaron Hall feeling like he needed to push that ball down the field, throwing that interception in the end zone. And credit to Jack Jones – great position on that interception. Gunnar Romney tried to fight back to get a uh, position to catch that ball, but Jack Jones was right there and a nice interception by him. So there you go. Some of the takeaways from the second quarter rewatching that, but I really felt like the second quarter having rewatched the game was actually BYU's finest quarter in terms of their overall offensive output, play calling, just overall play the interception notwithstanding. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk a little bit more about the third and fourth quarters. And a little later on, we'll catch you guys up on everything else that happened over the weekend for other teams in the BYU Athletic Department. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. We've talked about them for the better part of the last week. They are a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They have more college football props than anybody in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you may have never even heard of. It's crazy, folks. You can win some money here. They offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown by Jaron Hall. You want to talk about his first two career interceptions? You would have bet on that last night? Probably could have made some good money on there. All you have to do with prize picks is pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any of your entries, and it's just you versus those numbers. It's really, really simple, and the best part is prize picks actually allows multi-sport or mixed-sport entries. You can go to the NBA, the NFL, in addition to college football and bet on all of that, guys. Use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. And the best part is PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate today. Check out prizepix.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. No matter what you guys might need in terms of your pest control services, whether you've got an ant problem, spiders, mice, Cockroaches, I don't know what it is. They've got it covered for you guys. Seth Barrett and his team are the best of the best. They're located here in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. Even if you're out in the the Twilla and Wasatch County areas, they'd love to service you guys and become your pest control experts. They have the know how, the expertise, and just the overall manpower to make sure that both your residential and commercial pest control needs are met. That is what's great about our friends at All Guard Pest Control. Seth and his team are big. BYU fans to boot. So, if you guys have any concerns about your pest control needs and also maybe want to talk some BYU football. I'm sure Seth would be happy to chat with you guys. Feel free to reach out anytime you need their services. 801-851-1812 is their phone number. You also can go to their new revamped website to learn more. That's allguardpestcontrols.com. Allguardpestcontrols with an S dot com. This company is absolutely fantastic. They've been servicing my home for the better part of two years. They have abated every problem I've ever thrown at them. They can do the same for you. That's 801-851-1812, or check them out online now at allguard. PestControls.com. Continuing on now with our film review, looking back at that 27-17 victory for BYU over Arizona State. Let's check in on the second half here. And starting off with the third quarter, folks, I just want to say one more time how good Neil Pau has been this season for BYU. He is looking everything the part of a true alpha receiver. And the best part about Neil Pau'u, he's got the size of a... Big size wide receiver, a smaller tight end, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five, two hundred and thirty pounds. He has got the body, the frame, and by the way, the underrated speed element is something that people do not give him credit for. He has been absolutely lights out, a fantastic safety blanket for a guy like Jaron Hall all year long, and just absolutely stellar. It's been fun to watch him all year long and looking forward to seeing him play more. One thing I noticed as this game progressed last night, the entire second half, Connor Pay was playing at right guard for BYU. Him and Joe Tukuwa, who have split time at that position for most of the season so far. I don't know if Pay is going to be the guy moving forward or if that was an injury thing. I saw Joe Tukuov, who still had his helmet on the sideline post-game, so indicates to me that maybe it was more of a performance thing that Daryl Funk, BYU's offensive line coach, said, you know what, we're gonna roll with Connor Pay here. And BYU's offensive line in the second half really got better as the game progressed in the fourth quarter in particular. We saw two Cougars get their first action of the season that I can recall, the first action in one player's career. Jock Wilson uh, saw his first action at corner. Quarter- Cornerback in this game, pairing with Shamon Willis as is, uh, is the twos at cornerback. Isaiah Heron uh, went out of that game early, but rewatching the film, it seemed like he seemed to be moving fine on the sidelines. I don't know what his status is, but I'll do my best to dig into that and find out more as the week progresses. But good to see Jock Wilson finally get his first action at cornerback for BYU after missing the entirety of last season. A guy who has been on this podcast, good to catch up with him. He's really excited to be a part of the BYU football program, and good to finally. See him playing on the field. We also saw Alden Tofa's first action of the season at defensive end for BYU. Something I mentioned last night that Tyler Batty, I felt like missed actually most of the second half. He actually played the entire game. So that was actually a mistake on my part. I just missed him watching the game live. It sounds like he is good to go. He was wearing a knee brace uh, during the Utah game. It felt like mid game. That was not on his leg during the game against Arizona State. So we'll see if his health status is continuing to get better and better, but good to see him finish out the game. And him in a three-man rush, he had his moments where he actually was really good against a double team, and when he gets single-man coverage in terms of an offensive lineman taking him one-on-one, Tyler Batty is really Really good. Uh, one thing that stood out in that third quarter is that Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for Arizona State. The fact that he's overshooting a six foot seven wide receiver in Johnny Wilson, and then Hodges, his six foot eight tight end, that's absolutely stunning to me. I, I don't get it. His accuracy was being praised by Rod Gilmore last night, but I'm sitting there watching the game saying, "What accuracy?" Every so often, yeah, he'll put one right on a guy, but more often than not, it just seems like that's a scatter shot throw. You don't know necessarily where it's coming in, so absolutely nuts. And then the final thing, Tyler Algier's effort on that uh, interception turned fumble recovery for BYU, it lost 69 yards in field position. But that play, folks, I mean it sincerely when I say that play won the game for BYU. I know there was still a whole quarter to go. Who knows what might have played out? But the fact that he was Johnny on the spot, had the thought that I'm going to stumble here, but I'm going to accelerate, chase down Merlin Robertson and punch that ball out. I truly believe that saved a victory for BYU. I may be wrong about that because obviously you can play ifs and buts uh, with that still being the third quarter, but what a play. I'm still marveling at it, uh, what, not even 24 hours later, and I'll probably marvel at it for the rest of the season. It's truly one of the top plays in college football this year, and it should get its just due. And the fact that like SportsCenter last night didn't even have it in their top three, <sighs> whatever. You guys just don't get it, apparently. All right, on to the fourth quarter here before we wrap things up with our film review. I really liked Max Tooley. The uh, Keenan Peely injury is very concerning. I'm operating on the assumption that he is going to be out for some significant time, if not the season after that knee injury. Just did not look good. But Max Tooley was absolutely stellar. You don't want to lose Keenan Peely, but Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, and Ben Bywater stepping in there, that's a great three-man unit at linebacker, even without Keenan Peely. But sincere prayers, hopes, thoughts, uh, good vibes, good juju, all being directed Keenan Peely's way. You do not want to lose him. He's been BYU's leading tackler early on this season. He was the leading tackler in last night's game before going out with that injury. Uh, Max Tuli actually finished the game with 10 overall tackles to lead the Cougars. But Before Peely went down, he had seven tackles in that game. He was absolutely balling out. And I I sincerely hope he's okay, but does not look good. Uh, One other thing is you BYU fans who were at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last night, the fact that you forced four false starts on one drive, I believe it was seven overall in the game, but you forced four false starts on one single drive that I think consisted officially of four plays, nine yards, and four minutes and 57 seconds lost on the clock, tip of the cap to BYU fans. Holy smokes. The Ed, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, LES, whatever you want to call it, Cougar Stadium for some of you that maybe want to go back in the day. You folks were absolutely bonkers last night. I was working remotely on this game. I had to do pre- and post-game coverage on the Zone Sports Network. I could feel the intensity, the emotion, the sound through the TV. Talking with some people who were at the game said it's one of the loudest games they've ever been to. One person actually told me, and this is a person who's been going to games since the 1980s, actually told me that they felt like this game was louder than the Miami game in 1990. That's saying something. The fact that you guys forced four false starts on one drive there in the fourth quarter. Props to BYU fans. Really like Pepe Tanuvas' first step on that sack to finish off that drive with those all those false starts. And he had been he- I'd been hearing, excuse me, about him all of fall camp having an elite first step and really, really good at pass rushing. Well he showed it on that sack. The left tackle dipped inside and could not recover. Pepe Tanuvas was shot out of a can and gets Jaden Daniels in the backfield. Really, really cool to see him get extensive action for the first time. BYU's three-man alignment was essentially what they went with all night long, but guys like Pepe Tonavasa played up like a a stand-up defensive end role. He plays that jack position, which is a hybrid linebacker defensive end role. It's actually a really, really good spot for him. He played well. I thought he graded out pretty well. I'll have more on the PFF, the pro football focus grades, hopefully for you guys on tomorrow's podcast. We'll see where he actually graded out, but a really, really good sack by him. And then the final few things here from BYU on my film review, it got dirty late, folks. Uh, Lopini Katoa and Tyler Algiers' faces were nearly ripped off on consecutive plays. The fact that Lopini Katoa did not have a personal foul face mask called on his helmet getting ripped off was stunning. And then a defensive lineman. Two-hand rips the face mask off of Tyler Algier. Uh, Just, it got dirty, plain and simple. Arizona State, they should be ashamed at how they played late in that game. A lot of it was frustration, I get that. But man, it got really chippy late. And I actually gotta give credit to BYU for not reacting to that. It was dirty play, and it should be cleaned up. And it's something, if I'm the Arizona State coaching staff from the Pac-12 officials out there in San Francisco, I'm reviewing that film and maybe doling out some punishment, because... It was not pretty, plain and simple. And then finally, folks, the stones on Aaron Roderick, Kalani Satake, and all who were involved in calling a pass play to ice the game from Baylor Romney. Some stones there, folks. Really, really gutsy play call. But they believe in Baylor Romney. I have said all along, folks, that BYU believes they have three starting caliber quarterbacks, and you saw it. Uh, Baylor Romney comes in ice cold off the bench and ices the game with an absolutely phenomenal throw with two defenders in his face. And by the way, he almost stumbled and fell over on the play to start with. I think it looked like an offensive lineman may have stepped on his foot. Just crazy, crazy play. But some absolutely incredible guts, whatever you want to call it, intestinal fortitude for BYU to call that play call there. But hey, credit to Baylor Romney. He pulled it off. You saw him celebrating as he threw that touchdown pass. What a great play. What a great mentality. BYU said, you know what? We're not going to kick this field goal and leave it to chance. We're going. We're icing the game right here, right now. That's what I love about this coaching staff, folks. There has been a mentality change. There's no longer this let's play not to lose, which was a hallmark of a certain former coaching staff's tenure, especially an offensive coordinator back in the day for BYU. Looking at you, Dr. Bob. But this is a change. BYU, they're the aggressor. They keep the foot down on the accelerator. They're pushing the pedal to the metal, and it is fun to watch. It's a thing that I absolutely love, and big credit to BYU on doing that. Just to say, you know what, we're going to go ice this game right here, right now. We're not leaving anything to chance. We're winning it right now. Huge win for BYU. As we mentioned, history made with back-to-back wins over AP Top 25-ranked teams in consecutive weeks for BYU with that victory. Really really cool. And now you get ready for USF this Saturday night. I expect that place. The Ed is going to be rocking once again against USF. I know that it's not a top 25 ranked team. They're actually kind of a down program, but the Cougar players, coaches, staff members, and you as BYU fans, you deserve to see another sellout crowd or near sellout crowd there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So get out there and support. And of course, looking forward to getting you ready for that all week long. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you guys up on everything else that happened over the weekend and BYU sports. Women's soccer suffers a stunning loss at home. Women's volleyball, though, goes across town and absolutely routes UVU. We'll touch on all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Sweatblock. Many of you out there have had a situation where you've been in a awkward moment, the whole, you know, that Southwest want to get away moment. Yeah, we've all been there and you may have pitted out. You may have started sweating uncontrollably. Well, that's where our friends at Sweat Block come in. It's this doctor created and doctor recommended uh, wipe that is clinical strength antiperspirant that works for up to seven days per use. It's absolutely incredible, folks. I've used it. I know some of my friends have tried it and they say it works. Plain and simple, it it works. They offer a dry shirt guarantee that if Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you actually get your money back. it's featured and tested. It's been on the Rachel Ray show. Uh, it's actually been used by actual firefighters on that Rachel Ray show. A really cool thing. You can go look it up online. I think it's still out there. And the best part is, it's a bestseller on Amazon and has been so for the past ten years. Over thirteen thousand reviews. And currently, thanks to you guys, it's number one in Amazon's anti-perspirant category. And the best part about it, it's manufactured right here at home in the USA. So give go give it a shot, folks. Get to sweatblock.com. You can save twenty percent right now at, using the promo code Locked On sweatblock.com. Once again, you also can order it at Amazon or find it at your local CVS pharmacy on the shelves. But if you want that 20% off offer, it's only available at sweatblock.com using the promo code locked On. All right, my friends, I know many of you out there want to support BYU, and obviously you guys support them with your voices by showing up there and rooting them on at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That is really, really cool, but there's another way you can support BYU athletics and BYU football in particular, and that is by supporting our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I am a broken record on saying that. I just ordered another order of orange over the weekend, and by the way, there's a new flavor coming, folks. Cookie dough chunk has actual cookie dough pieces on the bar. It is phenomenal. I was sent a sneak peek, if you will, a preview edition of it, given six different bars. I think I've eaten about three of them so far, and it's been really hard not to eat all six of them in one sitting. They're absolutely incredible. So get to builtbar.com, excuse me, built.com, I apologize, it's now just easy enough. Built.com, B U I L T.com, and you can place your order there. Get the best tasting protein bars. And the best part about this, many of you probably will recall, all BYU football players are benefiting from an NIL, NIL deal, name, image, and likeness agreement with the built brands of companies for extra money. Uh, walk-ons are having their tuition ostensibly paid for via a check from Built Bar. And the best part is all BYU uh, football players are getting at least $1,000 if they sign on on that NIL deal. So if you want to support BYU athletes, go to built.com and place your order now. Give these protein bars a shot. You will not believe how healthy they are for you. Ask them Compared to how great they taste, and the best part is, also going to save you guys some money in the process. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D15 at Built.com. Save yourself fifteen percent on your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com, and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with Built Bar and support BYU football in the process. All right, folks, running down to everything else you needed to know real quick before we go here on this Monday edition of the show. Let's start off with the 15th ranked BYU women's volleyball team. Yes, yeah, so they're ranked the same as BYU football, but they probably will move up in their national polls once again. They are now 10-1 and one on the season after going to Orem and sweeping UVU at Lockhart are- Arena. Excuse me. Opposite hitter Kenzie Korber, the transfer from the University of Utah, led the Cougars with 18 kills and 8 digs in the match. Junior setter Whitney Bauer tied her season high of 4 kills and boasted an 800 clip of her own. BYU is back in action at the Smith Fieldhouse this week when they host Pacific Thursday night, their first West Coast Conference matchup of the season. That match set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time in Provo. Now, women's soccer... Disappointing loss here, folks. They had scored 21 goals in three straight home matches. They moved to 5-3-1, and one, their third loss of the season, with a 2-1 overtime loss to in-state foe Utah State in Provo. In the 99th minute, uh, Utah State got the golden goal that gave them the victory. and. It's a disappointment. Uh, It was Tenzi Knowles blasted a shot into the back of the net, bringing the score to 2-1 and giving the Aggies the win. The winning goal was actually Tenzi Knowles' first goal in her Aggie career. BYU took 30 shots in this game compared with Utah State's six. Well, Utah State converted two of those six. BYU only converted one of their 30. Just kind of how soccer goes sometimes, folks. BYU is off this week. It's a bye week. They will not be back in action until October 2nd when they open up West Coast Conference play against Gonzaga. It's a little bit of a disappointment and a bitter taste in their mouths as they spend this week preparing for West Coast Conference action, and Gonzaga's off to a stellar start. So BYU ranked number 18, probably going to fall in the national polls. And honestly, it's just a disappointing loss. Kind of one of those stunners for BYU women's soccer, considering how dominant they had been going into that match. Finally, two more things for you guys: is that Whitney Orton led the way for BYU's women's cross country team as it took first place at the Florida State Cross Country Open at Appalachian Regional Park Friday morning. Really, really cool to see. Women's cross-country head coach G. Taylor was quoted as saying, the ladies ran well today. The goal was to preview the NCAA course and work together as a team. It's always good to walk away with a win. We knew there are areas we need to work on, but this was a good test of early season fitness. Whitney Orton uh, finished first place with a time of 20 minutes, 16.8 seconds. Lexi Halliday, third. Aubrey Frethenway, fourth. Anna Weaver, sixth. And McKenna Lee, tenth. BYU had a fantastic showing in their meet down there in Florida State, and really, really cool to see them off to a fantastic start as they look to defend their national title from last year. And the final thing today... Best of luck to the women's golf program there in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, participating in a tournament down there. Best of luck to them. Action is already underway if you're listening to this on Monday, if you're listening to it on Sunday. It starts tomorrow, 8 o'clock Mountain Time, I believe, is when things get underway there in Knoxville back on the East Coast. All right, that is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your support of the podcast, as always. Hope you guys are all doing great out there. Follow the show on social media Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Feel free to reach out via email anytime you want. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And I hope you guys have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 20th, 2021. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.